Magic Radio, and today we got some more heat for your speakers. For my returning guests, hey friends, for the new guests, what y'all doing, how you doing? Um, as y'all know, I don't like to introduce the guests. I like to give that surprise for you. So I'm going to be quiet here and turn the mic over to today's guest so she can introduce herself. Hey, hey, y'all. I'm Charity Bailey, a Sacramento native, 916 stand-up. I host a national television show. It's a viral video show called Right This Minute. I also recently uh, created a web series that is called Girl, We Need to Talk. It's all about grief and how I am currently handling uh, the grief after losing my father. And so uh, my goal is to normalize the conversations around grief. And um, it doesn't have to be daunting. You know, it's a part of life. I'm learning that we're all grieving something. Some of us are grieving, you know, expectations. We're grieving as a nation, uh, you know, with the pandemic on our shoulders <laughs> with no end in sight. But it's a, it's a conversation for my ladies, for the most part, because it was the women in my life who held me down as I was trying to navigate that space after losing my daddy. You know, we talk with my therapist, we talk with my sisters, we talk with my girlfriends, uh, we, we talk about self-care, we talk about battling our bodies because our, our bodies go through so much. And so, yeah, that's um, I'm on quite a few journeys right now, but that's just one of my newest projects. And uh, I am your homegirl, your sister, your sister, your friend. <laughs> And uh, my hope is that we just learn to love each other and love ourselves, really. That's what it's about at the end of the day. Well, thank you, Charity, for that. Also, condolences to you for the loss of your father, because I know that it can be a time and a lot of people need support in many ways. As we get started today, one of my first questions I love to ask is, how do you define your body and why? A lot of times we end up in these spaces where you go into the store and it says plus size, or you hear comments and monikers associated with us that aren't always the positive thing that we want to hear. So for you, how do you define your body and why? You know, I'm a curvy woman. I always have been. Even recently, I've lost 100 pounds and I am still a very curvy woman. And I love all of my curves and hips and dips and, you know, my lips, my thighs, all of it. The word plus size or the, the term plus size also doesn't offend me. It doesn't make me feel any kind of way. And I don't think it should be negative. I feel like it was back in the day, but I feel like as a community, we have kind of taken back some of those terms that were, have been used to define us or label us in a negative space. I feel like curvy is probably more like on the trendy side, but also you have chicks who are not curvy. They just happen to be like larger than what 
the you know American standard size is, and so they put them up there with us. And you just be like, nah, bro, like go back over to your side. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. It's all love, but that's how I define myself. I'm I'm a curvy woman in general, so you know I've battled my weight my entire life, and it wasn't until I just came to terms with who I am and just being okay with who I am, especially in the entertainment industry. You know, when I was an intern, I was told I had lost 100 pounds, and I was told that I should lose like another 50. And I was like a size eight or 10 because I never look the weight that I weigh, you know? I was like, whoa, why? You know, because I don't, I don't fit the box. I've never fit the box. I don't want to be in the box, you know? Like I wear my hair, you know, straight, curly, wigs, big, you know, braided, twisted, locked. My personality is big. My heart is big. My thighs are thick and my behind is big too. And it's okay, you know? <laughs> But when they told me that, I was like, huh. And so then here we come full circle. I host a national television show weighing the most I've ever weighed. It's love. It's all love. And the show right this minute that I work for now, my management is so dope. Like they hired me for me. And they're like, don't stop laughing loudly. Don't stop using your slang. You know, don't, you know, stand up for the culture. Be, you know, blackity black you and you know big you because everything about me is big not just my weight other than curvy i'm just me i'm charity bailey like <laughs> yeah i'm like you don't define yourself i'm bailey that's that <laughs> that's all we love to hear and i think it takes for someone to say it and for people to hear it to understand that you know a lot of times we hear these self-help books or these instagram posts about loving who you are but then it's about truly having to do that on and off the screens because a lot of people get caught up with that you mentioned earlier dealing with your size majority of your life you know me growing up as you know the heavier kid me being in certain spaces you always get these identities put on you and either we have to be the loud funny one which we get put into or you know the quiet one or these different just spaces that don't give us a chance to define ourselves could you talk a little bit about your journey dealing with that and how did you go from you know a world that says we don't want to see bodies like ours on television to the point it's like no you found people who said we want you to be you no matter what well, first of all, I'd say that my family has always been supportive of me and they've always loved me. I'll also say that y'all need to watch what you say to and around kids because they hear you. They're paying attention to how you talk about a woman's body, whether you're a man or a woman. Uh, they're they're listening when you're you know going, oh, you go get another plate. You you as adults have the power to make or break a child's self-esteem very young. So I will say that when I was younger, there was a particular uh, <laughs> a particular little girl that used to make fun of me. And I remember one day I ran to my goddaddy and I was like, goddaddy, she called me fat. And he was like, she ugly, so it don't matter. The ugliest to the bone. Now I'm not telling you to you know call kids ugly, but I will tell you from a very young age that I was like, I might be chubby, but I'm cute. You know what I mean? And it was because my daddy told me I was cute. And the ladies at church always told me I was cute. I got more candy than everybody else because I was cute. You know, they took me to the, they used to call pretty and plump back in the day with Sears. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and they used to take me to the pretty and plump section and, you know, buy me my dresses. And I had my own little style and stuff, you know? And then I know you mentioned that it's like a stereotype, but I have always been the guy's girl, but that's also because I had such a close relationship with my dad. One of my best friends to this day, you know, is, is a man. We, I mean, we're, 
man and woman now we were kids then you know what i mean and i was the girl who hung out with boys but even with that like it wasn't like oh because you're big you're unattractive like they'd always be like you know charity you you got it like but also you're smart you're gamed up because i'm always with them and i'm like telling other girls like don't do it this is what they said you know i'm in the living room getting all the game while they talking they you know talking they talk and so i just you know from a young age i think that part of my self-esteem was there because the adults in my life made sure to let me know that I'm beautiful, I'm smart, I'm valued, I'm a leader, you know what I mean? And I know my mom told me one time that she asked my grandmother, because my mom would, you know, try to like help me lose weight and stuff as a kid. And you, you want to do it without like telling your kid that they need to lose weight. But like as an adult, you understand, you know, the health parts of it, right? But she told me one time that she told my grandmother that like the world was me. And she said, Janice, Charity is beautiful and smart and she's funny and she's talkative and she can make friends with anybody. She's going to be just fine. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, but see, again, that was my grandmother pouring into me, you know, in my face, but also when I'm not around. And so I think it really depends on the environment that you were raised in, first of all. Now, let's be clear, like, you know, because I was the friend, like a lot of the boys didn't holler at me and that kind of thing. I found out later in college that boys had crushes on me and they were just too intimidated to talk to me or they were scared of my homeboys. One of the fellas told me, he was like, listen, I came to Grant in 11th grade. He didn't know I'd only gotten there a year before. He's like, but it was very clear that you were off limits. As soon as I got there, he played basketball. So it was like all the, you know, the sports fellas. He's like, as soon as I got there, they was like, boop, 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 boop. She's off limits. She's, and I was like, for real. He's like, I had a crush on you the second I got there. I just knew like, if I was going to come to, if I was going to get to you, I had to go through the Tongan mafia. My best friend was Polynesian and they didn't play about me. Right. He was like, he, it was, it was very clear. So I just had no idea. I thought that like, they just weren't attracted to me. And he was like, no, in addition to that, you had a daddy that didn't play games about you and you're intimidating. And I was like, me, me, what? <laughs> <laughs> now let's be honest. I can go with the best of them. So when you come over here, you better bring your A game, but I just didn't know. And so I think now it's so interesting because like being plus size or curvy or however you want to, you know, fashion it is, in but i often tell people my highest weight was 372 pounds my lowest weight back in college was probably like 212 and that's when i was like a size eight or ten i never had a problem getting dudes and let's be very clear i got more dudes as i got older because my confidence changed because the way i felt about myself changed right. you know what i'm saying and like so people who say like oh well i'm like please don't don't cry for me i'm good over here now, some of these men don't want to admit that they like what they see out in public, but I can show you my DM and my text log. But also, if you holler at me in private, then you better be man enough to holler at me in public. Because if you don't, another man will. You know what I mean? Tell the people one more time. If you don't holler at me in public and you do it secretly, well, first of all, I'm not going to deal with you. But where you slipping, another man will stand up. It just is what it is, you know? Like I said, I think it starts at home. It starts in your community and the community of people that you have around you, whether you're tall, short, fat, skinny, you know. My sister has always been the thin sister. She she modeled and she was skinny, but she often talks about how in the black community, being skinny is not celebrated. And so they're all, they were always telling her to put more, you need to eat. My sister eat, ate 
any and everything. We go to Taco Bell, she orders six, seven tacos. I eat two and I'm the one carrying all the extra weight. It's really interesting once you start to have the conversation even outside of the plus size community. We just carry everything and it's because of the things that people have said to us, you know? And the, the way people treat us based on, you know, whatever the beauty standard is. I have white girlfriends who have said they're, they're thick, plus size, you know, curvy, whatever you want to call it. And they're like, white men don't like me. Well, mm -hmm. because, you know, thickness is fat in, in that culture. Whereas like in black culture and, you know, Latinx cultures, like thick is celebrated. I have several Latina friends who are like, yo, my uncles love you, but they always tell me I need to gain weight. And I'm like, huh, but the world celebrates it. You see what I'm saying? And so it really, it really, really, really hit me when we were, I think I was about 25 years old and I lost over hundred pounds and then gained about 40 of it. And we were taking family photos. And I was like, I went on, I don't know if y'all remember, but back in the day when Beyonce first did the lemonade diet or whatever, and it was like super popular. So it was popular in LA, but then when she did it, it like took on a whole new life. And so I had done that. Cause I was like, I don't want to be the fast sister in the pictures. I have two sisters, they're beautiful, tall, 5'10", 6 feet, uh, long legs, you know, smart, funny, all the things, like, you know. And I'm like, I just, I don't wanna be the fat one in the picture this year. And we take the pictures and my sister goes, yes! And I was like, what? And she goes, I look thick like you. Mm. And that smacks me in the face because her whole life she's been the skinny one. And you know, older people, we we shady in the black community. You're yeah. so skinty. Right? <laughs> You got too much weight on you. They tell you to wear a girdle. Walk past them in church without the girdle, at least, and see okay. what happens with these yeah. old ladies. They, They're like, uh, come here. Where your mom at? Where your grandma? Yeah. You, she ain't wearing no girdle. You see all this I, stuff. I would never come to church like that. Mm -mm, uh-huh. But then if you're skinny, come on over here because you're skinny. And then they add the T to it to add insult to injury. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And then it's like, because and that and it's, not, it's not crazy that you say that, but it's affirming that you said it because we do deal with that. And, you know, because we spend a lot of our times in those black communities, in those black spaces around where we come from, and then you go out to the world and you never know how they're going to do it. The fact that being plus size or curvy is in now and that people, the same bodies that they make fun of, you know, for us, yes, it may come with a wider face or a double chin or bigger arms, but the booty and hips that you all are paying for is the same ones you shame us for. And it's like, yes. oh, I'm sorry that you get to pick and choose and, you know, normalize the parts that you want. Oh, I want big breasts. Oh, but you don't want the rounder face that come with it. Oh, I want a big butt, yeah. but I don't want them th super thick thighs that come with it. And it's yeah. like, y'all shamed us all that time, but you want everything that I got except the stomach. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, now the food plus popular too, child. You'd be like, oh. Also, this is what I want to tell younger women. I'm about to be 40 in January. What, like, once you get older and get comfortable in your skin, these men like what you like. Child, listen, I'm telling you, once I learned that, even down to like tennis shoes, I'm a, a, a sneakerhead. I was a sneakerhead in high school. The thing is, because I always ran with boys, I'm like, I always had like the tennis shoes they had and the spring to me made them girly, wore with, with my skirts and dresses. Now that's popular again. I have been on so many first dates with kicks on and dudes be like, oh my gosh, you so bad, you so fly. Because this is who I am and this is what I do. I'm not breaking out one more ankle. I'm old, my knee hurt and my hip hurt. I'm not putting on no more heels. So it is what it is. <laughs> but to your point is that just be you, do you, and everybody else will catch up.
And like, if I could just give that to younger women, even as black women, like all of the things that the Kardashians represent, they just ripped off. Like people love to say, oh, they made Curvy popular. No, we were torn down for our big Afros. My mom used to say that she got in trouble at work for her natural Afro. Her coils were not a political statement. That's not the way her hair grew out of her head in the seventies. But if my hair bothers you that much, it's because, but the, but the, the flip side to that is that the white women in her office were doing curly perms to get what she had. And she, hers is a political statement. They talk about our wide noses, our big lips, our big bottoms, you know, because it's wild. It really is. And so again, you just have to show up as yourself. And if I could say anything to my past self, it would be that I'm sorry for even trying to change those things. Because again, I'm never gonna fit in the box. The folks in my industry are always gonna be shorter than me. And I talked about community earlier. When I stepped outside of my community, but for the first time, it was like from Sacramento to LA. So that's already like you're in Tinseltown, you know, working in the entertainment industry, everybody's short. So in my family, I'm the short one. I'm 5'7". I moved to LA, I'm the tall friend. I'm like, I'm 5'7", yo, like that ain't tall. My dad's cousins are six feet, the, the, the ladies. My sister's six feet. My I have several cousins who are 5'10", 5 5'11". 5 I'm the short one. I ain't the tall one. I have a friend that's 6'6". Six, six, and they say things to me like, I remember one, one of the evening reporters, he was like 6'2". And I would come in in the morning and they'd be like, oh, Bailey, you're too tall. And I'm like, this camera was literally set up for him at this monitor at 6'2". So why am I too tall? Because I'm not five foot four and like tiny like them. Make the monitor my size and keep it moving and stop that. They'll pull that camera back and keep it moving. Right, right. But see, I didn't have that kind of thunder then. It kind of made me shrink because I was like, oh my gosh. And then that became a thing. Like, oh my God, I look so big next to them. When really, I'm normal. Maybe y'all just small. But also, it's okay for you to be small. And it's okay for me to be tall or big. It creates this thing amongst women too. This is so nuanced. It's not one thing, you know? It's like all of it. And it just all needs to stop. But I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially with you being in the entertainment industry and being in a place that is so fetishized for being popular. Like LA is not a place where, you know, that's where people feel their dreams are going to come true just as well as they do New York. Like nobody looks at me and be like, oh, you're from Detroit. That's where your dreams come true. I'm like, nah, that's where a lot of them are shattered. But if you want to. Yeah want to step this way please do but even incorporating height I'm five six myself so I have always you know I always used to pray that I would be six feet tall I don't know if God was just ignoring me but he <laughs> was listening I was like all right all right cool I figured out but even to have like a friends like some of my my friends are five seven five eight that's normal for us and a lot of people say like oh, well, you guys are tall. And I'm like, but it's the spaces that we occupy. And then when we throw weight into it, that creates a whole nother complexity because now it's like you're big and tall and now therefore it checks off everything unattractive. But for you, mm -hmm. I see how you continue to process and move through this. And so, you know, I had a community, but stepping into LA, what was that experience like when you had to put your life on now a public platform? Because, you know, there's ridicule that comes with social media, but to be on a national television show every single day, it gives a lot of Instagram, and Twitter thumb thugs, a lot of spaces that, you know, I'm going to say what I want to say to her in those spaces. So how did you deal with that? And how do you cope with that? When I moved to LA, it was 2003. We didn't have social media. I was an intern also, let's be clear. I was like, I went there to go to college. But I mean, it's in the it's in the atmosphere. You know, you got the video girls. There's certain complexion with quote unquote good hair. Also, you have to remember the plus size movement was not what it is. The natural hair movement was not what it is. It was, you know, go straight on TV. We were conforming a whole lot. Just put it that way. And I lost, I think, 80, 100 pounds while I was there. I was on a Weight Watchers program. 
And that wasn't so much about, I can't lie to you, some of it was about fitting the mold so that I could be on TV. Because it was, if you want to be on TV, that was the advice that people gave me. And they didn't give it to me maliciously. They just didn't realize that it was damaging, if that makes sense, right? And then I had a few people say, you do you, you're fine. You know, you lost weight for your health, you're fine. But that wasn't the most of the feedback, right? Now, fast forward, like I said, and I'm, you know, one of my mentors, he always laughs because he's like, Charity, you've been through so much. You know, my first job, I left, so when I left LA to go to Chico and the general manager in Chico had it out for me from day one because he didn't want to hire me. So my news director at the time called an audible on him and she sent my information, my real, my resume to the consultant. The consultant called him and said, yo, that's your girl. Typically you send as the news director, you send it to the consult, you send it to the general manager. The general manager makes the decision, gives it to the consultant because the company hired the consultant to sign off on it. She knew he wasn't going to hire me in the first place. That said, I was already from, from jump. He was into wands and she came there. She was from San Francisco. She came and she made the newsroom look like her world in San Francisco. She hired me. She hired a few of my coworkers who are Asian, Indian, gay, you know, like she diversified the newsroom. He was blonde, petite, the end. That's my TV, that's my world. He gave me a run for my money and ended up laying me off because of the recession, air quotes. It was 2008 and it was a recession, but he hired two interns to do my job. So basically he doubled his budget and let me go under that guise. He often made comments about my weight. He often made comments about the way I spoke. He used, I won't even say he used coded language, he used blatant language about my blackness, you know, and that part of California, some of the people have not evolved past that part of California. <laughs> and so in hindsight, it is what it is. It's made me a better person, but it wrecked me at the time, especially because we were in a recession and, and there were no jobs. So I was unemployed for several years and then off the air. It wasn't until 2013 where I went back to do freelancing for Good Day Sacramento. The news director had known me since I was in my 20s He because he was a part of the uh, CBS family. My mentor introduced me to him because they were in Sacramento and I, and, you know, he wanted me to know the management in SAC. That manager said to me, the world has changed a lot since you were last on air. And I said, how so? And he said, you know, people before told you not to laugh loud and not to say slang and not to do this and do that. He said, well, social media and YouTube and all that has changed all of this greatly because people don't want the cookie cutter news journalist anymore. Right. They want real people. I've gotten in trouble for crying on the air. Not now. I'm saying back in the day when journalists were supposed to be journalists. I'm charity. There's no way I'm going to talk to somebody who's lost everything in a fire that wiped out the entire neighborhood and go, sorry you and your children are at the shelter, back to you. I am an empathetic person and always have been. But as a journalist, the industry was not like that in the past. So again, it's nuanced. It wasn't just my blackness or my bigness. It was also my personality, my affection for people. My mentor told me when I was young, he said, you know, the problem is, and, and he's, a, he's a white man, but he always kept real with me. So I, I joke that he's my career dad because he reminds me so much of my daddy. My daddy was big and black and Southern and crazy. And this man is like a big white man who ain't got time for foolishness. So he always shot straight with me. So I, I to this day, I trust him because he shoots straight. And he said, you know, you look great. I'm going to tell you this. He said, male management typically hire people that they want to screw, mm -hmm. that they are attracted to. And women in management tend to hire who they wish they were or who they used to be. As I started moving along in the industry, I go, oh my gosh, she hires people 
who look like her or she hires people who she wanted to be like. She wasn't the quote unquote on air pretty girl. So she has a, fa a fascination with those women. And with men, it's the same thing, which is how as black women, we got categorized either very, very, very light skinned or very, very, very chocolate and like nothing in, in between, you know, for the longest, again, growing up anyway. And so when he said that to me, it was eye opening because I'm like, you're correct. What he finished it with is unfortunately, first of all, there's not very many black women in the end in the industry in management again this was the early 2000s he said so nobody's going to look at you and see themselves and want to hire you because they see themselves they're going to look at you and see that you're talented they're going to look at you and see that you're smart they're going to look at you and see that you're beautiful and you're engaging and viewers like you and as men most of the time you're not going to fall into their type because you got a bunch of old white guys who fantasize and have fetishes for black women and i was like so what do i do and he goes you have to be yourself because at the time I was trying to enter sports, like I was a sports reporter and doing like the sports thing only. And then I moved over into feature reporting and hard news and now, you know, hosting a television show where we do viral videos. But at the time he said, you know, your sh when it comes to sports, fellas love you. They, you are everybody's favorite homegirl and you could talk them under the table when it comes to sports. He goes, and it helps that you have a beautiful face, but that's your thing is that you have to be you. You are man's best friend and every girl's best friend. And that's going to be your, your, your ticket into television. And I was like, huh, okay. You know, times have changed, thankfully. And a lot of it is because folks have said enough of this, like F your beauty standards, but also we're having conversations like this. And then also with the way social media and technology have taken off, we don't have to use somebody else's platform to get on. We can do like you're doing here, start our own thing, talk about what we want to talk about and keep it pushing. Period. Come on, preach to the good people. But I think that being able to express how you've gotten from one point to the next is very critical, especially for young women and men and those even outside the gender binary who already have enough complexities within their identities that when they come into these spaces, you know, the intersectionality of your, your size, your race, your height, you know, your socioeconomic status, like it's a lot that goes into it. And I think people forget that in the conversation and want to say, oh, Charity, leave your blackness to the side, just come in as a woman. Or, oh, Charity, leave your gender to the side, come in just as what we want you to. And it's like, no, I am a holistic person. And when I enter this space, I need people to recognize that. And I will definitely say we see that more now but for you I know you're on a journey and creating different pathways with being on national tv and you frequently talk about how you've lost weight in that journey for you a lot of people will say to us well did you lose the weight because every plus size person is automatically deemed as unhealthy or you're not taking care of yourself or you know if you're doing it it's all strictly for vanity for you what was the point of the journey and what are you looking to get out of this and how does it inspire the next generation to say you know Yes, you can still exist in your body, but you don't have to conform to what the world wants you to be. First of all, it's your body. You live in it. You know how it makes you feel and how you make it feel. So my thing is honoring my body. So I opted to have the gastric sleeve in May of 2020. I've been very open about that because body positive is body positive. It's not, oh, you know, fat women get to make fun of skinny women and skinny women get, or, you know, it's none of that. It's you love your body the way it is. If you are thin and that is your body, you do that. If you are plus size and you that is your body and you are healthy in that body, do that. I'll tell you this, my surgeon told me that he wasn't sure that he'd be able to make a case for me to have surgery because my labs are clear. They have always been clear. My friends used to laugh like, 
First of all, Charity beast us out in the boxing classes because I, I take boxing and I'm good at it, right? It's, it's the only sport I am good at, but also I'm a Southpaw and I got that power hit. So that's that on that. <laughs> but I don't have diabetes. I don't have high cholesterol. I don't have, you know, I don't have any of the things associated with obesity. And at 372 pounds, my doctor was like, well, with the, I mean, you have very bad menstrual cycles and you hurt your foot working out. So I can add that to help. And I'm like, well, 372 pounds is not healthy. That's like the other things come as a result of my weight. And he was like, I know, but like your labs look like a very healthy 39 year old without that number up there with the weight, I wouldn't know. I've had several doctors tell me that, like they go, oh my gosh, you know? So first of all, health. I had a menstrual cycle for five weeks back in 2017. And after that, my body has not been the same at all. I was gaining weight while I was working out, eating well, doing all the things, and I'm rapidly gaining weight because my body, after that, after, after it suffered that trauma, it has never been the same. When my dad died in 2018, I didn't eat for three days and gained 10 pounds. And I know people say, well, when you don't eat, your body thinks it's going, I'm like, no, it wasn't that. I was working out, going to one of the local gyms that's kind of like Orange Theory, lifting weights, doing all the things. My body was transforming, the weight was not moving. I understand that people might go, well, how are you so plus size and proud, but then you opted to have surgery. This stage in my life is about honoring my body. I don't think that we understand how emotional baggage how trauma, how grief, all of those things, we wear them in our hearts and on our hips. It's not about getting skinny at all. I have lost probably like 105 pounds, give or take on the day as a result of the surgery, but I got my body back and my booty is still here. <laughs> my knees just don't hurt no more when I twerk. <laughs> full knee strength, full Listen, knee strength. Right, full knee strength, Auntie is out here. But the thing is, I never want anybody to think that because I opted for surgery that I'm not, you know, proud of who I am, proud of. I opted for surgery because I chose me. I was in the boxing gym last September, working out at 364, five, whatever pounds, and I injured my foot and that sidelined me. Why? Because I got to a point where I couldn't enjoy the things that I like to do anymore. Lacey, stop, that's my little doggy over here shaking. That was the straw that broke the camel's back because now I can't do the things that I enjoy doing like boxing and other types of workouts are what are supposed to help keep me healthy. But now I'm injuring myself while I'm trying to get healthy. And I just felt like I was in this cycle, but I really just felt like my body turned on me in 2017. I've always had painful, long, heavy menstrual cycles, but five weeks, like I found myself at the altar, like, Lord, I don't know how this woman did it for 12 years. My issue of blood has only been five weeks, but I need you to like, I need you to come and help me figure this out. IUDs were not working. All of the things were not working. My body has since reversed course. Like my back doesn't hurt anymore when I walk. My knees don't hurt just because I can roll over in the bed. Like I just wanted my body back. And you know, when I presented it to my family, my mom was the one, she was like, listen, you and your sisters have done everything your dad and I have asked you to do. You're gonna be 40 next year. I just want you to be happy because as women, we spend so much time making sure that everybody else is happy. I want you to be happy in your body. And so many people didn't know that I was experiencing the things that I was experiencing because they just see this big, bold figure on TV and in life. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I can't walk my doggy to the mailbox no more. Walking my doggy down the street, is, is a whole ordeal, it's tiresome. You know, I can't sit in certain chairs and it's a lot.
But the biggest thing though, is that folks will go to my social media and they'll see the before and afters and they'll see where my posture has changed because the weight is not, you know, laying on it anymore. But the biggest transformation has been that of my heart because now as the weight is coming off, I'm going, wait a minute, all of this was body armor. It was my protective mechanism. And as the weight is coming off, yes, I do look lighter. Even my neighbor yesterday, she said, Charity, I know you've lost weight, but you just feel lighter. I do because I've been doing the hard work. And so my thing is, I want you to love your body and be plus size and proud and love it at any size, big, little, in between, working on it, figuring it out. But how's your heart, sis? And as the weight is coming off, I'm learning that so much of the weight was heart baggage. And so it's one big project, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, the, the thing to take away from that is, you know, you had to listen to yourself. A lot of times, bigger bodies are always just automatically told that, oh, you must be uncomfortable. You you know, you, you are unhealthy. And there are definitely struggles within all bodies. But I think what people need to understand here is you have to understand the journey of these people. You can't typecast them. You can't put them in a box. Because like you said earlier, no matter what, there's not a box, even if you lose the weight that you're going to fit in, you're still going to be considered this curvier person, this bigger body. And that's what I want people to understand. We're not sitting here choosing, you know, for some of us, I can't speak for the entire community because I don't want a blanket statement, but we're not choosing, you know, to eat unhealthy or sneaking cheeseburgers or, you know, growing up thinking that we're eating all the things and we're not, you know, those are the different things that come with it. And like you said, it's that armor. You don't understand that that, that trauma which triggered us has literally led to certain ways that we internalize external voices. And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't get that. And when we see, you know, television shows that misrepresent, you know, especially plus size black women as, you know, you got to be loud. There's ways in which we are part of the culture that you don't have to take and say, oh, just because you're laughing and you're loud, stuff that we do on a normal basis. Oh, that's that's just who they are. You're for entertainment. It's like, no, I am a complete person and give me that mm -hmm. opportunity. So therefore, seeing representation like yourself creates an avenue for some of us to say, I can finally break out and be who I am. Because Last time I checked, you only get one shot at life. If it's two, when I come back, I'll let y'all know. But as of right now, I think you get one body and you have to be able to live in that space. You have to honor your body. You have to take care of your body. You got to take care of your heart emotionally and physically, but also M-Y-O-B, mind your own body. You don't know what that woman is going through. This man messaged me. So I told you I was on my period for five weeks. Remember this woman messaged me and said, ooh, you look like you're gaining even more weight. You look like a whale. Ma'am, what you don't know is that my executive producer is releasing me every day when we get done taping so I can go home. You can follow the trail of vomit to my apartment because I'm so sick. You have no idea what's going on with, my, with me and my body. I'm here for your entertainment purposes because that's my job. But when you take it upon yourself to be that mean, I have seen somebody on TV and gone, ooh, that probably wasn't the best wig, but I ain't never just take, felt the need to email them and like bag on them about it. And so I responded to her because I was like, you need to know. Actually, ma'am, and I was very candid about it. I didn't menstrual cycle, no, I'm bleeding. So now what? And then she messaged me back, I'm so sorry. No, you, you don't know because the thing is, you're doing that to me on TV. I'm sure you're doing it to the neighbor, to your sister, to one of your girlfriends, but you judging me because you judging yourself. You probably sitting on the couch emotionally eating, watching me tell jokes on TV. But once I started to understand that too, because even for myself, I realized the spaces where I judge other people is because those are the spaces where I judge myself and where I mean to myself as well. This man last year messaged me this long old message and I just laid it all out for him. That's what was going on with my body. 
and why. And I told him, I said, and I'm telling you this because I'm sure that you are saying mean things to the women in your life and you have no idea what's going on with their bodies. No idea. You don't know what sis is carrying, be it physically or emotionally. You have no idea. So mind your business and mind your body. And if I have a question, I'll ask you, but I'm, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask the professionals. I don't need your help. And I think that right. that's important. And uh, I, I just wonder where people get the strength to say certain things to people online that they wouldn't probably do in real life. Because I feel like you would would never do, it's this barrier of like consequence that doesn't happen online that unless you have like a bigger name that will happen. If you said that in real life, you will probably be swallowing teeth. But because you said online, you feel comfortable. Listen, I know some 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 people who have larger names who will still rock your clock if you rolled up on them and said that. Because it's it's true, it's like suddenly you have all of this golf. Like, where did that come from? And again, I would never say that to nobody in person. I wouldn't say it online. It's rude. Some people are just rude and you just have to leave them where they're at. But I also understand that my position on television and in the entertainment industry impacts a lot of girls and women. You know, I made the decision to close my inbox on some of my social platforms because people just don't know how to act. They're mean. Some of them are crude. Some of them are just downright nasty. And I mean, like vulgar nasty they send you know nasty pictures and stuff and you're just like whatever but i didn't want to do that for the longest because there are so many women who reach out to me ask me about my clothing they say thank you for representing us my little girl watches you and that's the thing when i was coming along well as a as a black girl first of all we only had oprah and maybe like one or two in sacramento we had like one or two black women on the air as a plus size or little girl there was only oprah and every time we turned around we were talking about her weight and you mentioned earlier the parkers and i'm like i didn't even have a problem with monique character being loud because i think that was supposed to be some of the annoyance although i do understand the implications of that she was chasing around professor ogilvy and he was like playing her the whole time so it's funny because like we watched it back in the day when i go back and watch it especially because like now i'm of that age i'm like first of all i would never be chasing no man around professor ogilvy wasn't even all that with his square self and squares are cute but i ain't chasing no man so like what was this even about you know what i mean and it's just that now i look at it different because i know different and the times are different and i'm different you're right like I agree. And plus, you know, shout out to community colleges because I went to one, you know, before I got to this point. But sir, please don't act like your check was that much bigger than mine to the point where you was living in the same building as me, sweetheart. Don't treat me like that. And then you still <laughs> right. ended up wanting to marry me at the end. So right. I'm like, I can never chase nobody. Like, are you kidding? But it was the physical chasing. And again, I get it. It was for comedic value and all that. But to your point, it's like, mm, no, nah. You know, so it is what it is. The point is that people need to mind their business. I understand that it's twofold, right? The space that I take up is to A, give a voice to people who feel powerless, B, to bring attention to who we are culturally. And as women, there are little girls who watch me. My nieces watch me. They look up to me, but it normalizes us in the space. And that's the thing. People in my inbox, aside from calling me fat, they never get mad at what I say. It's never about what I said. It's fat and black. Get this loud ass fat black ass. And and it's been more recent over the last few years since you know who been in office cutting up. And I'm like, what about my fat black behind makes you so upset? I trigger you that much. That means I'm doing something right. I'm in the space for a reason to trigger the hell out of you. Trigger warning. I'm here. And I ain't going nowhere. So you better get used to it. But you also have the power in your hand. It's called a remote control. If you don't like it, turn it off. But when I first started experiencing that, my first job in Chico, my mentor, I called him crying. And he was like, let me tell you something, kid. People who love you are not where you get your ratings from. And I was like, 
what are you talking? He said, it's the people that hate you that keep you on TV. And again, I was 26, 27, didn't understand what he was talking about. And then a few years passed and I broke up with this dude. Again, I hung out with the fellas. So I'm that chick. You break up with me, I'm finna come, you know, I'm flexi riding on you. You know, skirt, skirt, woo, woo, whatever. Colin Cowherd, he is now on um, Fox Sports, FS1. He used to be on ESPN, I believe, yeah. He had a show and I was listening to it. And he was talking about compartmentalizing. Now, mind you, I couldn't stand Colin Cowherd, but I had to listen to him every morning. And it hit me one time. You hate him. You literally turn on the radio to disagree with him. There are people who literally turn you on because they cannot stand you. And that is the weirdest psychotic thing ever. And Colin was talking about how men compartmentalize and women don't and blah, blah. And he told this long story that didn't make no sense, but he brought it all back around. And I was like, Charity, you just need to be like a man and compartmentalize. It's going to be fine. You knew what that was when y'all started dating. And it hit me like a ton of bricks what Mr. C had said to me. I was like, well, first of all, I got something out of this. Thank you, Colin. You still get on my nerves. But second, you literally tune into a man that drives you up the wall because you feel like he's out of touch. Some of the things he says are racially insensitive. You literally drive to work and scream at him. There are people who literally turn the TV on just to scream at me every day. Thank you. And so I hate to be like, you know, haters do this because I hate that whole like I got haters thing. But thank you. Mm -hmm. Something about me makes you mad, but you can't live without it. So. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, your anger keeps me employed. Stay mad, sis. Stay mad. I appreciate it. Right. So, you know, when you step outside of that and you want to email me, then we got a problem. But if you, if I just trigger you just because, good. The reason you're triggered is because you haven't seen it like this before, you know? Because also, typically, when we do hire us, it's for the very black spaces. No, we are in the mainstream, daytime, late night, and they just be mad. She laughs, blah, 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 blah. Well, then why are you still watching? Thank you for watching, but why? A woman messaged me recently. She backhand complimented me and said she was proud of me for losing weight, but she started it with, I couldn't understand you before. And a lot of times I turn the television. The way I speak ain't changed, sis. I've been talking like this, how long? No, I'm more tolerable to you because I've lost weight. That's a problem. My diction ain't changed. The language I use ain't changed. My laugh ain't changed. None of it's changed. I just have a few less pounds on me. So you have an issue with my, with me being fat. And my, to, what, to that, I still say, I'm big, black, and fat. I don't care. Loud, black, fat, however you want to, you know, label me. I'm Charity Bailey. My weight fluctuates. It goes up, it goes down. It's done that my entire life. I'm st I've still been me. You had a problem with me being big and black. And that's your problem. That's not my problem. So now suddenly you can understand better. No, you can't. You just have a higher tolerance for me. That's trash. Very trash. It's amazing how people will change their, their palate when it comes to accepting certain things when you do it with they, the way you want to. But like you said, if you want to talk smack, hey, great. That keeps my checks coming in and it keeps it, it keeps it flowing. So one of the last things I want to ask you is what advice do you have for those who are paying attention to your journey, whether it's you being in the entertainment industry or you being on a weight loss journey, you telling your story and even now bringing up a new venture with you having your own web series. What's that piece of advice you would like to share to those who are listening to you and are kind in a space where they're trying to better understand themselves. First of all, be you. There's a scripture that talks about your gifts making way for you. So tall, skinny, fat, short, whatever it is, laughing loud, talking crazy, talking square, being a nerd, whatever it is, be you. Being sensitive, being what people might say is overly emotional. If I did not have the level of empathy that I had, if I had not gone through some of the struggles that I've gone through, be it being a hood kid, being a black girl, being a black woman, you know, working in male dominated industries, they've all brought me to this point. 
even losing my dad. There's glory in this grief. Do you want to have to go through some of the stuff to get to it? No, there's purpose in pain. There's purpose in all of it. And the sooner you figure out who you are, what your purpose is, your why, the pieces just start to fall. The crazy thing is, is that again, my lowest weight I think was 212 when I was told I needed to lose my weight. By Weight Watchers, by people in the industry. Again, I'm at my highest weight on a syndicated show at 372, doing my thing. And I went for a meeting in the same building where I entered as an intern and they told me I didn't meet the standard. When I had that aha moment, that was in March. I told my family, I didn't realize I was going to what used to be CBS and KCAP, where I was an intern and a production assistant, where I was told <laughs> by some people that I needed to lose more weight in order to fit the mold. And now here I am going to meet a talent exec who is into me at my highest weight, the entire building or the floor anyway. I get up there and they're like, hi, Miss Bailey. Oh my God, we're so excited to meet you because I'm me. My weight is going to change. It was 212 back then and full circle at 372. But I come back in to the same building, a newly constructed building that is, but the same space on the fifth floor and they rolling out the red carpet for the conversation to hire me. Not because, well, it's going to have these stipulations. No, to hire me. All 372 pounds of me. Do you? There's only one you. And I know that all of this sounds so cliche, but as I've been doing the work, going to therapy, trying to understand my grief, trying to understand my baggage, trying to understand my trauma, trying to, you know, taking off the weight, taking off, you know, some of the emotional baggage. I'm like, since it was you all along, you good. And the people who love you never loved you because you were big or skinny. A man that I dated that I love to this day and he loves me and it just is what it is and you know we've moved on but he messaged me he's like listen fine then fine now and I know people always say that but he means it he means it <laughs> you know and he you know some people even with that people hit you with the don't get too skinny mind your body mind your body because also what people fail to realize is again back to being you I still weigh 267 pounds but now I don't look like it because everybody's body is different. And this space in my life is, is different. And I'm just open to honoring my body. So be you, honor your body, honor yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Because if you honor yourself, it makes other, it's going to command the respect and honor from other people. If you are true to yourself, it's, you're going to demand the truth and honesty from other people and the people that are in your space and the people that you date. It all really starts here because once you get this right, everything else, you start to uh, you start to assess the things around you. And you're like, oh, that's not good. Someone's so ain't my friend. That energy is off. It, it's, it's blaring once you start to do the work, you know? And so 372, 276, 212, that's the other thing people say, you, oh, you speak so openly about these numbers because that was some of my baggage. What does this number even mean? It does not define me. The size four in my jeans, the size two now, what, what does it even mean? It's a number and we put so much on the number. Whereas if you stop and go, okay, well this number is not good for my heart, the beating one. So what do I need to do here and here and physically, you know, with my food and with my, you know, weight training and that type of thing to get it right. And you might still be 300 and something pounds, sis, but you might be a healthy 300 and something pounds. When I was, like 305, my trainer said to me, Charity, I had a trainer. Clearly, you can see I've been at this a long time. But he said to me, he said, because all the ladies in the class were losing like 20, 30 pounds. It had been like four months. One woman had lost 40 pounds. He pulled me to the side. He said, you keep getting so discouraged. He said, but you outwork all of these little women. 
I train you a little bit different than them because your body's different than theirs. You're more dense. He said, but look at your before and after. You're so trim. I was like, I know, but I'm still 302. You're a trim 302, don't listen to that. Don't pay attention to that. Now that's easier said than done, but understanding it the way that I do now, I'm just like, I spent so much time trying to be all these different things, you know, change my hair, change my weights, change, you know, my, my waist. There's an episode on Girl We Need to Talk, the show that we created. It's called Battling My Body and it's out now. And one of my girlfriends, she also lost 100 pounds in the CrossFit gym. And we talk about all of the, the ways that we've been so mean to ourselves in the past without even realizing it. That's self-talk. So that's another thing. Be nice to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Some things I say to myself, I'd never say to nobody else, at least. And I think we don't think that that self-talk is important. That's the person you're with every single day. You never get to leave your mindset or your body at home. So if you can't be comfortable with that person you ride with every day, you will always experience challenges because if you stay in your head, not, you know, growing up, that was me, you know, um, turning 31 in a couple of days, like, you know, looking at how that plays a part I think about all this like you overthink you sit in a car you overthink you know driving on the road you overthink and if you're always with yourself you just need that one person to say something negative and it affirms all those thoughts in your head like see I knew mm -hmm. I wouldn't drink and then at the end of the day you're mm -hmm. like nah I was tripping sis I was big tripping but I didn't know how yeah. so I think these conversations with individuals like you are so important so again Miss Cherry you went to the fifth floor like bruh man and you've made things happen <laughs> I never even thought about that Listen, you went straight to the fifth floor. So I'm telling everybody, the fifth floor, make it work. The fifth floor, make it work for yourself. So I, I just appreciate that. I appreciate your story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And for everybody who's listening, tell them how they can check it out. Your new web series venture, how they can find you on social media, all that great stuff. Uh, so Girl We Need to Talk is on YouTube and uh, I'm on YouTube as Miss Charity Bailey. The show is such a labor of love. I hope that those of you who are grieving, who are navigating grief, who lost a loved one, who are trying to figure out the next steps in life, who need to understand self-care and mental health a little better, we're here for that. We are a resource. So you can you can find the episodes there. And then across all of my social media platforms, you can find me at Miss Charity Bailey. And I document through pictures and video workouts, that kind of thing. So you can find me, you, you can follow my journey, my weight loss journey, and all the things, all the shenanigans that I've been up to on my social media platforms, Miss Charity Bailey as well. And then of course, I host a show called Right This Minute that airs nationally on ABC. So I'm here <laughs> living life and just, again, peeling back my own layers. And don't you get in your head about turning 31. You understand me? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm so serious. Like I did that and now I'm 39 and I'm pumped to turn 40. I'm like, yes. So what they didn't tell us is that it gets greater later, sis. Like. That's what I'm telling you. These men change and we we get better than them. Nobody ever told us that. From the time we're little, they told us we getting old. You're going to get fat, you're going to get old. Da, da, da. No, it's them. We get better. They get tired. I agree with that because even like in the dating world as like a plus size woman, the older I, I feel like the older I got, the more our confidence increases. I, I definitely see that for myself. And now that I am in a relationship that has been a lot longer than some that I've been in in the past, I'm looking, I'm like, man, I'm getting better with age. Like, I'm fine as hell now. Like, I was cute, Listen, but I'm getting fine, okay? It's you know, wait till you hit that 35, 36, 37. That, so, something happens, and I don't know what it is. You just be like, I don't care. Like... I'm going to live life on my terms. All of the things that society put on me, 
are gone. I get one chance to do this. And I asked my therapist, is it that I'm about to be 40? Is it that I lost a parent? She said, well, Charity, yours is the perfect storm because a lot of people experience this after they lose a parent. A lot of people experience certain things as they're heading into 40. This stage right here, where it's just like, take it or leave it, I don't care. And even that, I, I, I wanna say that before we go to, as I'm losing weight, I now have to look at a different body because now certain things are saggy where they weren't before. Cause I was a firm plus size, right? And now my thighs are starting to sag, my leg, and it's about honoring my body in every stage, in every phase. When I was larger, I loved me, and the men that dated me loved my body. Now that I'm losing weight, the man that I date, it's like, whatever we need to do, if you wanna you know, do surgery to tighten the things up, that's fine. Right now, it looks great to me, you're working out, you you know, but also, it's not just about loving the woman that I see in the mirror, I love the soul of the woman that I see in the mirror now. And that's different. And I really just want younger women to please understand me and hear me when I say we try to do so many things to please these men, to be who we think we're supposed to be for our families, for the world. But once you go, you know what? It doesn't matter. And the thing is you have to go through certain things, you do. It's just that once you come to a place where you're good with yourself, everybody else and everything else falls in line. That just really is you know, what it is. So don't, don't stress yourself out about turning 31. Also, I don't even know that anyone told us that. I think we just thought we were supposed to have it all together in our 30s. That, that's the message that we got because, you know, I look at it now, like, okay, I graduated college when I got my master's in 2018. You know, at the time I was 26, 27. And so everybody else was like, oh yeah, we, my birthday tonight. I'm like, okay, well, how old you turning? 22, I said, excuse me. Like, I'm not saying that I'm that much older, but I was raised by my grandparents. So I already have like an older soul. So it's like, mm -hmm. y'all want to go out at nine? Y'all sure y'all don't want to go out at six? Because we can get back home at nine. Like, you know, everybody, <laughs> right, everybody right. Back in so, you know, even dealing with that, like, even when we think about relationships and that changing of our body, you know, growing up, even, you know, depending on what age, if you had sex, it was like, turn the lights off, put all the covers on, don't nobody see nothing. Now, when you get to a certain age, as I work through it, especially with the partner that I have, he's, he's on a smaller side. So it's like, he deals with body image issues because it was like, he thinks about it that way. He's like, you know, I feel like my arms are long and I'm like, you cute to me. So I don't understand what right. the problem is, but that also let me know that where this body image conversation looks like. And then so having someone unconditionally love you, it's like, you know, leave the lights on. It's like, no, nah, let's, let's turn them off. Like, why we need to, why you don't need to see anything, but it's like you grow and you get to learn and this body that continues to shape. Cause you catch yourself in the mirror one good time. You be like, Hey, I'm cute. Like all mm -hmm. of me are cute. My elbows, my knees, my ashy legs. Like that's mm -hmm. all fire. Like I love it all. Yep. So I appreciate you for bringing that in. Hey, walk around naked, sis. Listen, naked is where it's at. Do not visit me after like a 5 p.m. work day because I probably ain't got no clothes on. I'm not going to open my door. So I'm unless so I'm going to open the door, but I'm naked. Like my, my friend. So one of my sister's friends said the Baileys know they can get undressed because like two seconds in. And listen, it ain't 5 p.m. It's anytime. Like one of my girlfriends, when we, when we worked in Charlotte together, she was four doors down for me. And she was like, do you ever wear clothes? And I'm like, yeah, well, you just got to come knock, like tell me you coming so I can go put some clothes on because I'm in my house. I'm comfortable and I'm comfortable in my skin. And again, the man who loves you, I love all of that skin too. And so also, I'm glad that you mentioned that about your mates because it's just now as I'm getting older that I hear men even talk about the insecurities that they have on their body. Because now, again, as they age, everything on their bodies is shifting too. But 
But when they were coming along, they were told that they were going to have a midlife crisis and it was sexy. They was going to get a motorcycle, a convertible, and a hot girlfriend in a leather jacket. Because <laughs> if truth be told and quiet is kept, Auntie got the 27-year-olds chasing her. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, little boy. <laughs> Uh-uh, uh-uh, let me see your ID, come here. <laughs> let me see your ID. But it's because some of these older fellas, they started to go bye-bye. <laughs> like, okay, well, you had high school. So, I mean, this conversation has been amazing. It just, and I'm glad that you are providing space for the conversation because it's important. It's very important. We just need to, like I said, love ourselves at every size and every stage and every phase. It's going to fluctuate. It's going to change in months, in years, all of the things. Just go with it and be kind to yourself in the process. Thank you. Well, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for being here. If you missed anything, remember there is blessing in the rewind button. There's also blessing in the blocking button. So if anybody tries you, just go ahead and place your hand on that and get rid of it. Again, thank you, Miss Charity Bailey, for being here. Remember, if your dreams are far away, they're probably on the fifth floor. Just check up there first before you take, <laughs> take anywhere else. But again, I thank you so much for tuning in. This your girl, Shug. And as always, remember, remember, remember to continue to flourish in your plus size magic and take care. Yay. Hey. Thank you so 